things to talk about. Can I just start with something from last week? Because there was a lot of, we don't always get a lot of interaction on our Twitter page, but something lit up the tennis Twitter feed. Oh. And that was banana hangers. Because apparently oh. a, lot, a lot of people have them. Did you have one? I can't remember. Did you have one? No, I don't have, have one? one. I just sort of know why people have them. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are telling me kind of what we know as to why they have them and what they are. So that really, there was a lot of traction about banana hangers. So I might just follow through with my threat to get you one for Christmas. Yeah. That's uh, right. Do you know what? Yeah. We- that right? Welcome. That'd be good. We have bananas in the house pretty regularly. And, so, And also there was a lovely man as I was walking through one of the hospitality suites, work for work reasons, said, I love your podcast. So, Oh, cool. Is that nice? A fan. A fan. I think, can we call him, I didn't get his name, I feel really bad, but thank you very much for listening. That was Hello, lovely. fan. And the third thing, got nothing to do with all this news we've got to talk about, is another lady, a friend of mine, Sophie, who listens to the pod, started talking about flags, because we found out this thing about you and, and flags. Now, Sophie's a lovely lady who put together a, a Bible ahead of doing the opening and closing Winter Olympic ceremonies. Ah, yes, Okay. She's an absolute legend. Yeah. And what she doesn't know about a country, you don't need to know about Knows the country. more than I do, I'm sure. Well, I've asked her to help me find some flags to trick you with. To trick me with? Oh, yeah. no. Because I only know flag flags. I think she knows flag flags. <laughs> I only you know, know flag flags. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think... Okay. There were countries in the Winter Olympics I didn't even know were countries. So I'm guessing that if someone's going to help me trick you with some flags so just i just i'm gonna mark your card i'm just gonna surprise you with this one day i'm not gonna say when but she's gonna help me find some flags and one day gonna pop them up and i'm gonna test the flag knowledge okay fine i feel like that might be coming at wimbledon seeing as we'll be in the same place but absolutely i'll I'll be ready um there definitely are some some difficult ones to get in one sometimes i sort of know it's one of three of them and i can get there in the end uh, so I so just just keep guessing away. <laughs> so that is the kind of tennis non-tennis business that I wanted to deal with. Okay, good. I actually thought. Well, I thought it was better to deal with it then because a lot has happened. Actually, a lot has happened today. Yeah. Uh, where would you like to start with the tennis news of Tuesday? Ooh. Um, well, I think we've got to start with um, Serena Williams. Yeah. Back in business and back at SW19. Very exciting. The wild cards were announced this afternoon, just hours ago. And um, yes, of course, I was very keen to see the Brits uh, on the list. But there is Serena Williams playing singles. We heard that she was going to be down in Eastbourne playing doubles. That was the first thing, but not singles. So then we were thinking, oh, will it be a singles wild card into Wimbledon? Or will it just be doubles? Maybe she'll play with Venus. Maybe she'll play mixed again like she did with Andy. Whatever it was, it, we felt like she was going to be there. Um, and for her to be taking a singles wild card is just the, it's just the best, isn't it? It's the best possible outcome. She's going to play singles and ooh, she's not going to be seeded. <laughs> so this started with a picture on our Instagram. So it started with a picture on Instagram of her foot on a grass court, wasn't it? It was just yes. like a lower leg, lower leg, not foot. That sounds a bit Ankle. An- a bit of the calf? Yeah, a little bit. bit. On a grass court, and it said SW and SW19. And so Serena Williams, SW19. And then, if you you can, on Instagram, you can tag people. So, those clever people who are socially savvy, and I'm not socially, social media savvy, 
pressed on the photo and up popped Eastbourne. So then it started, everyone's like, oh, so anyone's going to Wimbledon. And they clicked on the photo and they're like, hang on, she's going to Eastbourne as well. And then it was revealed she'll be playing with Anjou who did a little uh, video to camera saying when she heard. Sounds like she didn't know. Sounds like she was as surprised as we are. <laughs> it's <laughs> just the way her message. It was just her message was like, when I heard I was playing with her, I was like, right, okay, that's how it works. <laughs> um, she was very happy and she's very excited about playing together at Eastport. Can you imagine if you didn't know and suddenly, I don't know, an agent or someone calls you and says, by the way, playing with Serena Williams at Eastbourne. She hasn't played for a year. How are you feeling about that? You'd be like bowled over. Yeah. Right? Well, sometimes Huge. it does happen like that. And it, sometimes it's just deals between the agents, between the tournaments, because they've got to, you know, sort out the wild cards and stuff. Um, and sometimes it is the case that the players are the last to know. I've I've heard of other occasions when it comes to doubles as well, that they sort of go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm playing with that person. Excellent. Off I go. Um, <laughs> because sometimes you just sort of put feelers out and you just say oh, I'm interested in, in, in playing doubles and getting matches on the grass. And, you know, you ask your agent, you ask the tournament, you know, who's looking. If you're at a, um, if you're at a, a lower level, and actually, no, this happens at the slams as well. Yeah, maybe not at the slams, maybe that's a bit unfair. But at sort of tour events, um, you can sign in with Partner Wanted. So you can oh, basically, okay. you sign in and, you, and you, you have it written down that you want a partner. So that because you know, the sign-in time is over a number of hours to give everybody enough time to get on site and to practice and to sign in. And um, yeah, so you, you can, if you want, um, just say uh, partner wanted. And then if two hours later, somebody else turns up, <laughs> Serena Williams, um, and says, oh, is she looking for a partner? I'll play dubs. And then you... You sign in, you see, you have to work out whether you're going to get into the tournament and you go, oh yeah, we'll get in, so we'll play. And then sometimes you do get people that don't even, they're not even aware of that because they've signed in as partner wanted. So if a partner signs with them, that's sort of it, it's done. That You, you don't even get like, it doesn't necessarily come back to you to get it okayed. Look, this isn't what happened with Ons and Serena. It's just... <laughs> I'm just no, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out this situation. Can you, so you sign in saying partner wanted and you leave it like that. And then it, the deal's done, right? Someone else signs in alongside you and that's that. You don't have any say in it. Or well, do you still have a say in it? You would normally, so the, say the sign-in deadline's at 6pm, you would normally at 10 to 6 phone the referee and say, has anyone signed in with me? And they would say, yes, Gigi Salmon's signed in with you. And I would say, Yay. well, oh, no. we're not going to oh. get in, are we? So... <laughs> So, <laughs> so, so and then, yeah and then it's like, yeah and you, you can obviously make changes sort of sort of like that but yeah um for the non-established doubles players for the scratch pairings it can work that way but of course serena williams it's just a i mean who's saying no who's saying no to that in terms of playing I mean, dubs? so go on ons I mean, I can't believe you wouldn't have me as a doubles partner. But what it does for Eastbourne is, I look forward to Eastbourne because it's quiet, isn't it? It's by the sea. It's Population lovely. is... Apart is, from the seagulls, they're quite loud. And annoying and slightly dangerous and a bit weird. And, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an older population, so it's very relaxed and it's quiet. You walk, It's suddenly going to all change. It's like that challenger in Texas, wasn't it? When Kane Shikuri signed in and suddenly the Japanese media suddenly descended on this challenger and it all went a little bit crazy. I feel that might happen at Eastbourne because wherever Serena goes, you've got to start with the entourage. It's normally quite a big entourage to start with, someone of her calibre, of someone of her level. So you've got the entourage and then you've got the press. Those people are like, I'm not going to go to Eastbourne. I'll, you know, I'll follow it from afar. I might go down later in the week. They'll play, what, Tuesday? Probably earliest Tuesday? is going to be a lot of people 
we all want to see what she's like, how she's moving, yeah. how she is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been a year. It's been a Especially year. Especially now knowing that she's playing singles at Wimbledon. We're going to be looking for any yes. clues as to yes. is she going to blast her way through this tournament for a bit because it would be very Serena Williams to be able to do it. And she's going to, she's not going to be seeded, right? I mean, she can't be seeded. Like, no, she can't be seeded. She can't be seeded. So no. um, it, it's just that I know she's not seeded at Wimbledon, but it's just that in my head it's so wrong that I almost think that Wimbledon are going to change the rules and say, ah, we'll put her as a top 10 seed. She could play Siontek in the first round. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Oh, when so was it? Cool. Was that was that um, was that 2019 when they decided to follow the ranking rankings? Because before yes. that, they did have their grass court rankings, and they, they did, would yes. go on people's previous success. And suddenly, Roger Federer would go from a little bit lower to oh, look where he is. And people liked it, people didn't like it, but they decided in 2019 we're just going to follow the rankings as they are, which which makes things interesting because you you can get a guy or girl up there that doesn't like the grass hasn't got the experience on the grass and then yeah I mean so the draw when the draw is made that's the name isn't it that's the name that nobody not one person wants to find themselves alongside no, no, not talk about talk about a floater in the draw my word and you just know that when that draw has been being drawn name by name and it's coming up on the computer in Orangi Park and the players are sat there watching it that there's going to be I think she's going to play a seed and there's going to be a seed who's they just their heart just sinks the good news is that there's no points they that they're, <laughs> they're gonna not have so they're not gonna have to they're not gonna be kind of sort of like oh well there goes my chances of uh, winning any points because uh, that's not on the line which is a big thing for players but Unfortunately, it could be, well, you could look at it two ways. It could be the end of somebody's potential run at Wimbledon very early on if she gets a, a high seed because she could beat them. Or it could be a chance for them to get a win over Serena Williams. I mean, there you go. You never know. What are you What are you expecting from Serena? Or do you have no expectation at all? Because, look, she could have been practising, and I know it's different than being in a match situation, and I know at their peak, they were coming into Wimbledon without a grass court tournament under their belt. And obviously, they're playing on grass courts at home. But, you know, she's 40 now, had some injuries. But she may have been practicing every single day for eight hours. I don't know. It's not what we're seeing on Instagram. It doesn't mean we're seeing everything. So do you have any expectations of Serena Williams upon her return? Uh, no. Not really, um, I must say. It's very exciting because of the possibilities of it yeah, all. Yeah. But it's all quite unlikely, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, and there, there is a chance as well that she does draw a high seed like an Ons Jabur or a Contivate or a Sviontek and she gets absolutely chopped up because she's not played. And even Serena Williams can't just not play for over a year. Um, and just and just turn up. So I mean that is also a, a realistic possibility, which would be pretty devastating, I think, for everybody. Um, but I don't think Serena would be putting herself in the mix uh, if she thought that was a realistic possibility. Like, I, I I just don't think she would want to to go out there and be because you're then talking about her being way way below her not even her best but below her average and. I just don't. I, I can't see why she would why she would do it unless it is. Sorry, excuse me. Unless it is uh, a goodbye, then I could understand why she would do it if she's not 
necessarily playing at, at her form. But I don't know. There's just so much speculation. We don't but know. We don't know. If this was goodbye, would she play Eastbourne the week before? Well, yes, because I think by playing the doubles, again, you know, regardless of it being a, a goodbye, and I, I use this word because this is the word that we use in tennis, but this does seem really harsh, but this is just how we referred to it. But, you know, she doesn't want to go to Wimbledon and get embarrassed and, you know, have a Siontek roll through her love and one like Serena's been doing to everybody for years and years and years. So by playing a doubles match at Eastbourne, or hopefully more than one, you know, she gets the grass under her feet. She feels live competition. She can see how the body holds up. She's going to do some movements. Yes, it's not not singles, but at least it's something a little bit competitive that will help um, her gauge where she's at. And it's just something that I think will will give her that sort but, of that, that boost. But using that word again, and we hope this doesn't happen, but it could still lead to embarrassment because if things don't go her way or even if they do go her way on the doubles court which we've talked about this before and I've said yeah it's it's quite similar having success on doubles to singles and you were like no yeah and no. this was in relation to, this <laughs> this is I remember being at the tour finals and I said well surely doing everything he's doing winning grand slam and doubles is going to help his singles and you just looked at me and at, at the first time you just looked at me like that and I was like right everyone um, said this oh we've had so many conversations with you everybody thinks this is a thing Everybody thinks it's a thing. Like when Heather Watson won the mixed doubles at Wimbledon. Oh, she'll, she'll really pick up her season now because she was struggling at the time. No, she won't. And she didn't because it's nothing to do with, with confidence. No, we're, no, we, we're not. not doing it. It surely has. You win a Grand Slam in doubles, you're going to have confidence stepping onto a tennis court, singles or doubles. Not, surely. Only doubles and not a chance on singles. It doesn't work like that. I give you Jack Sock. Okay, it doesn't work like that. He was un—he was unbeatable when it came to doubles, and he could not win a match. Like he could not win a match in singles at the same time. Like how? It, it does not, in any way, have any correlation or causation or anything. So okay, so she's playing doubles to get the grass under her feet, to get yes. a little feel, to get a bit of the movements, to get the you know competitive situation. But she still could therefore go on. You said maybe she's doing that because she doesn't want to get embarrassed at Wimbledon. But surely she still could because you then, whatever happens at Eastbourne, the doubles, even if she wins the whole damn thing, as you say, it it won't have any effect. She then comes to Wimbledon, say she's drawn against Sviontek. What happens then? She's not then going to pull out. She will have to, surely she goes through with, she knows she could get Sviontek. She knows she could get a lucky lose. She knows she could get anyone. Right. So she's she said, I'm I'm going to go forward and do this. Right. Yeah. She's aware. Um, I mean, yeah. If anybody's got experience in the game, <laughs> I'm going to say Serena's got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with her uh, record of uh, 23 Grand Slams. But um, I think that grass is is, a, a you know, I think it's her best shout in terms of you know the the points are going to be a little bit quicker there are a lot of women who really struggle on the grass they really are learning particularly nowadays some of the youngsters because we lost a year to covid um you know they might not have i mean someone like siontek has just barely played on the grass at a professional level because of of because of covid and not playing she wasn't high enough ranked before then um so you do have a bunch of people who, you know, the grass court season is so short and year on year you get better and better and better. But so to go two full years, somebody like Osaka has gone, 
she went three three years, I think, for the grass because of injury last year. Anyway, all I'm saying is that they're, they're going to be a, a bunch of people in the tournament that Serena can beat. And if she draws them back to back, and I'm, when I say a bunch, a lot of people that Serena can beat, she's Serena Williams. If she draws them, then she can absolutely win matches if the body holds up. If she doesn't, if she plays somebody that is just operating at a level that Serena can't quite find right now because she hasn't been on the tour for a year, well, then, you know, maybe she loses. Um, maybe the player gets overawed because we've seen players just bow out against her because they've gone, oh, it's Serena. Well, look, she's she's not going to be on court 14, is she? So she's well. going to be, so <laughs> you know, so we're talking, we're talking centre court. We're talking centre and that can add a little something into the mix as well, depending on who she's playing. If yeah. it's someone who's not used to being on a court like that. So you're on a court you've never been on, but you've heard of the, the hallowed turf that is centre court. And then you've got Serena Williams and you will have a very partisan crowd just because of the story of Serena Williams and the fact that she's there. I mean, that's a lot mm. of, that's a lot of things that you're going to have to face. And then, when and you're then. Out there. She's going to elect to receive. You're going to be serving first. You're going to miss oh, yeah. your first serve. And you're going to roll in the slowest, <laughs> tightest second serve, just thinking, just get it in. Just get it in the box. And she's going to absolutely obliterate the return like we've seen over years. I was watching, actually, I think it was about last week, I was watching some of the biggest returns Serena's ever hit. And it just, it's just, I can't, it's just hysterical. It's just hysterical. Like these poor people, she's playing against these poor professional world-class athletes. Just absolutely. I know it's only the returns. And then there's another video you can watch of obviously Serena's best serves where she hits a game full of aces against, I think she did a game full of aces against Radvanska one time and uh, among many, I'm sure. Anyway. Oh, and, and when she warms up, she, you look at her warming up thinking, really you're not going to play like this she's she's like rolling some serves in hitting some forehands couple of overheads and you're like hang on a second what's going on here and and her opponent's going okay fine okay i got the measure of this and then bang yeah she starts you're like oh, make a statement all right. did okay, you see that did you see it. the video that was doing the rounds on social of um her from her press conference like years and years ago of somebody saying well so it was a press conference and somebody you're shaking your head so i'll explain it to you but somebody asked her she was in her 20s i don't know how old she i don't i don't know exactly what year it was but mid-20s and or maybe she just turned 28 or something and the question was can you see yourself still playing here at 38 and her answer was if i'm playing here at 38 you're gonna you're gonna personally come on the court and i remember take that. me off yeah. the court because yeah. this is <laughs> that's not right <laughs> there's no reason for me to be playing at 38 and here she is 40 years old i mean it's it's cat among the pigeon stuff isn't it because i've had so many conversations the lead up to Wimbledon. we've spoken about this and i truly believe it's going to be someone with experience of winning this title or being in a Wimbledon final who's going to win the title. I, I just feel, as you mentioned, don't, the COVID don't break. Don't tell me you think it's Serena. No, no I'm, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just putting out there that it just puts the cat among the pigeons because I was speaking to Bianca Andreescu last year among a handful of players at Eastbourne who said, I don't really understand girls. I haven't played in it. I'm, I'm that young. Then we had COVID. So this is really new to me. And yes, Shantek yeah. won the, the junior title, but she talks about her sort of, uh, you know, it's slightly alien to me. So I've thought going into this that it's going to be someone with experience of this competition, of this surface, of that court. And so you're looking at Halops and Kerbers and Magruths and Kvitovas and, and yeah, Kerbers had some great form this year, but the others haven't. But I just feel it's going to take someone with experience and who's got more experience than them. But I think the key thing with Serena Williams, again, 
We don't know what she's been doing day to day. And I know it doesn't replicate match situations. We don't know how she's going to be, how she's going to be moving. But she's got the experience. She will terrify the life out of anyone she faces. She's going to have a lot going for her. But, but, and, and, and people have talked about this with Andy Murray being at Wimbledon, that run in Stuttgart. Is the body going to play ball? Because it gets harder, it gets harder. Her body hasn't been put under a match situation, stressful situation in over a year. It's now older. All our bodies hurt as we get older. So that's going to be a massive thing for her. That You know, the mind's obviously willing. She's put in all this effort to come here and do this. But is the body good? I, I, it, it's, it's really exciting for us. I think in terms of the draw and the players, it's completely put the cat among the pigeons. It is so exciting for draw day. I mean, exciting. normally the yeah. draw sort of happens. And sometimes if I'm not doing anything, then I'll watch it being drawn or listen yeah. to it because um, you can do either. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, if I'm, I'm just busy and I, and I can't, then I just sort of will get it as soon as it comes through. Um, social media is pretty, pretty good for that. But this is a sit down oh, and yeah. watch this draw be yeah. done. <laughs> Because you're gonna have all of those minutes, of, and when it's it'll be the first one drawn, like Sviontek, everyone will be like, and it just, just where's it gonna be? Just, where, where's it? Where's she gonna pop up? But I I know and, what you mean oh. about um, the experienced players, obviously doing well on the grass. Um, but I think the other option is the big hitter. The problem is for somebody like Andrescu, somebody like Casper Ruud, who I know he lost earlier at Queen's Club, if you rely on your movement and you are such a good mover on clay and hard, you really struggle on grass. It takes an awfully long time to get used to it. Like It took Rafa a while to get used to it. I mean, it's incredible that he was able to. But it is it, 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 the movement is just such a big, big thing. Whereas if you're a big striker and you've not really played much on grass then you're going to get on grass. You're going to go, oh, this is, oh, okay, I like, why don't we play more on grass? <laughs> that's, that's what's going to happen to you. Um, I, you know, there's also, Ali Risk is not a big striker, but yeah, she's got quite a unique game style, which is quite specific yeah. <laughs> for grass courts. <laughs> um, but she's, uh, but yeah, so I think you're right in that it's either going to be somebody experienced or a big striker. That's what I think. I'm going to add, I, add it's that It's fascinating. In. So it's fascinating. I, I can't wait. I, I was going to say that we should make some early predictions, but this has blown that. We, we are, there's not a chance. No, we I'll have give you my, to wait for the draw. Like We have to no, wait I'll, for the draw. I'll give you my male prediction now. 100%. Right, I'm yeah. not sure. I am, I am not diverting from probably the person you're going to pick, but the women's. Yeah, that, we need to see the draw. We need to work on next week's pod. Maybe we leave it a little bit later next week and we go through it. And we try and see what's what. So that that's going to be absolutely fair. And then, look, we haven't mentioned Emma Raducanu. I'm not saying I'm putting her in the mix to win it. But in terms of everything she's going to go through, the media, the... Can you imagine if Emma Raducanu gets Serena Williams' first round? Can I don't you think, imagine? I do not think the media and the public could cope. I don't think anyone can deal with it. I don't think anyone could cope. No one could deal with that. <laughs> be if that, this chance. If, if what that's about, a thing... What about... I've got, I've got another one for you. She draws former Wimbledon champion... Simona Halep, first round. Patrick Moratoglu in the opposite box. Oh, <laughs> because it's been confirmed that, is it Eric Heckman, who's been with Venus Williams since 2019, is going to be coaching Serena Williams. Right. Ma- look, this, this, maybe, this maybe could be that, because I think he's based in Miami, so he's, and he's still with Venus Williams, so he's been able to work with her through this time, whereas obviously Patrick Moratoglu's in France and he's on the tour and he's traveling elsewhere maybe it's because 
it was a last minute decision by Serena Williams to suddenly enter. And obviously, Moritoglu is committed to Simona Halep. Maybe let's be honest. Let, let, let's I mean, be honest, though. It, it feels like a last minute decision. I know that we can all sit around and go, yes, but the genius of Serena, she's probably been planning for this. She knows she's at the right level. You know, that may not be the case. It might just be, hey, I'm fit. Let's go play on the grass. <laughs> she might have just watched the French Open and gone, I can do that. I don't know. We, we don't know. I, I don't know what, what, what's going through her, her mind. But yeah, I think it is everything what points would, to it being a last minute decision. What would Patrick Moratoglu do? Now, we had the conversation about Tony Nadal and you said, you know, you totally agree. There's no way he's going to be in Felix's box. He's going to be supporting his nephew, which he was and came out and said, look, I told Felix if this happens, I'm going to want him to win. And that's sort of how it goes. But that's different. That's that's your uncle and your nephew, and they could have made so all the difference. Together. He lost in five. But what what does Patrick Moratoglu do? Simona Hallett would not not let him be in her box. Surely it's not a conversation. Surely. This is not a conversation. <laughs> Literally, Patrick Moratoglu is going to do his job and coach Simona Hallett, and will absolutely give her as much information as he possibly can that is going to be helpful about Serena. <laughs> I mean, there's absolutely no reason for him not to. He's not on the Serena Williams payroll anymore. He's somebody that he worked with for a long time. And yeah, he might have some some solutions for, for Hallett playing against her. And game on. Like, for me, I don't think there's another option. It would be I, I love weird. The way it... it would be weird if he was like, oh, like Tony Nadal. I think I'm I'm going to step back from this and be, be you know, well, you a know neutral. What? I th- Why? I th- I think if he does that, he loses his job with Simona Hallett. If I'm Simona Hallett and he does that, that's the end for me. Oh, I don't know. She's too nice for that, isn't she? But no, no I th- I there's think, literally no think... reason for him to do that. That's so no. so weird. But it would that would be a weird first round. Actually, that would be a weird any round. Um, Raducanu, Emma Raducanu, Serena Williams' first round, I don't think anyone could cope. Genuinely, I don't think the tournament could cope with that. Um, well, the scheduling yeah, no... would be easy. Well, scheduling's <laughs> very easy for that one. Um I, yeah, we can't wait for the draw. We, we're going to have to wait for the draw and then we'll kind of try and figure a few things out. Uh, when it comes to men, um, I will not veer away from Novak Djokovic. Again, I'm going with someone who's, who's got experience. We're not expecting Nadal to pop up, although as soon as we finish recording this, Nadal will probably say he's playing. We know we're not going to see Zverev. We know we can't see Daniel Medvedev and I'm not saying they were going to be serious. Maybe they would have been contenders. I just, when I look through that men's draw, and yes, we can make cases for Felix Ogiel-Yassim doing really well. Matteo Berrettini winning in Stuttgart on his comeback from injury. Andy Murray, you know, he can do damage, the body. But I just, unless Novak Djokovic beats Novak Djokovic, and as we've seen in recent times, that can happen. Okay, so that I'm not ruling that out completely. But unless he self-destructs, I can only see him winning Wimbledon. Yeah, another name to throw in the mix, Hubie Hercatch, semis last year, Um, you know, plays very well on the grass, of course. So, um, yeah, I could could see him on a run. I mean, all of those names that you've thrown out, really, again, it's like, well, if they're in the other half to Djokovic, they could make the final. You said Medvedev, right? Oh, no, Medvedev's not playing. (laughs) He's not playing. Well, I said, yeah, we wouldn't be saying him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, Right. Yes. So those, yeah, those names, it's about being another half. If they're in the half with Djokovic, they're not the favourite to come through. That's just how it goes with the the world number one. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I think... I think possibly you could see a Berrettini maybe beating Djokovic. It, It feels like he's playing well. Um, yeah. coming back he'll be fresh 
fit, firing. He's so, so confident on the grass, of course, reaching the final last year. Where are you with Carlos Alcaraz? Now, we know he had a slight elbow problem, which meant he had to pull out of Queen's. So his only tournament will be Wimbledon. Last year was his debut, lost to Medvedev in the second round. We know his game style. We know what he's capable of. We know what he's done this year. But do you see him being a threat or a challenger at Wimbledon this year? Uh, oof, not sure about this year. I think he's going to learn it very quickly. He has a lot about his game that will translate well onto the grass. So if you compare his game style to, say, Casper Ruud, uh, both very, very strong on the clay... And I know that Rude has done a, a really good job of really translating that onto hard courts, onto the slower hard courts, particularly like we saw in Miami. I, you know, the way that Alcaraz plays so far up the court, he plays so fast and he really hits through his shots. You know, he doesn't have that heavy kicking forehand. He does have it. He doesn't use it all the time. You know, Rude yeah. uses it all the time, that heavy kicking forehand. It's just not going to work on the grass. It's just going to sit there to be thumped. And... um I think that the strike of Alcaraz is equally as important as his movement. You know, like when people play against him, they don't say, like, I just can't get it past him. They might think that as one of the elements. But what Sitsipas has said and other players have said is he plays so fast. He's coming at me. He's suffocating me the whole time. That works an absolute treat on grass. Somebody like Kasper Ruud doesn't do that. He grinds you down, he works you down, he outmaneuvers you, he sits back in the court, he plays it a, a more neutral, and a neutral to aggressive um, clay court game style, whereas Alcaraz is just ridiculously aggressive. And then, of course, his movement and showmanship is a massive element as well. But I really think that there's a huge amount in the Alcaraz game that can really do well on grass there are many many elements the one question mark would be the serve which still has a lot of potential to beef up get a bit more accurate really start hitting through it you go a little bit less with the kick serves you really start sliding it and and popping it flat um i think that will probably be the main focus because that and the strike that'll be enough i'm not saying he's going to win the tournament but in terms of playing at a top 10 level on the surface i think we could see that from him this year and then i think more in years to come another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. And if I was doing a top five, I wouldn't have Sitsipas in it. I'm just, I'm just not convinced about Sitsipas on the grass yet. Yeah, I can see why you think that. It just hasn't quite come together. I mean, he did so well defending his Monte Carlo title, though. But other than that, clay court season didn't really go to plan. Um, I think it's, it, for me, I don't know, I'd love to hear why he's not in your top five. But for me, it's not necessarily the results because he just, he defended a Masters title. He won Monte Carlo. It's just, I don't know, it's just more about the way he is. There's just something a little bit off. He doesn't seem full of confidence. I, I, for me, it, it, it's, it, and I'm looking specifically at the grass. I don't, I don't, 
I'm not filled with confidence and I don't think he's that confident on the surface. It's strange because on the surface, I think he should be. But I think at times he looks a little bit like Bambi on ice. He's not sure about the footing. And I, I don't feel he's got the confidence in himself on the surface. I think that uh, uh, together with the year, and as you say, he defended Monte Carlo wonderfully and then things haven't exactly gone to plan despite the form he went into Roland Garros with. But I just, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure whether he has the belief or the confidence on the surface yet. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I mean, it's not his favourite surface, is it? He's definitely the least experienced on that surface of anything. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be there are a lot of challenges for him. You know, he likes time to wind up his shots. And this is where, you know, somebody like Federer was just so impressive because with that single-handed backhand, you know, you, you need a little bit more time to really get through it and you get less time on the grass. Um, and that's where we saw him use his uh, his slice so effectively. And it's something that Sitsapas is still learning is to use that slice effectively and to really chop into it and not have it float and on the grass court if it floats you've lost a point pretty much I mean it has to be down low knife down low just glide over the net and then just skim off the surface and then you'll be looking really good but anything other than that you're, you're going to be struggling so I think there are an, a number we were talking about Alcaraz and how many areas of his game could really work brilliantly well on a grass court you look at Sitsipas and you think yeah if he serves really well his serve is, is good enough to roll him through some matches, that's for sure. Um, but it is a little more difficult to see how his game translates from the back of the court. And we do get a lot of baseline rallies now on the grass. Um, you know, he's going to have to play a little bit tighter to the baseline. He's going to be pushed for time. As I say, you don't get the time on the grass because you are closer up the court. Somebody like Alcaraz, a very strong clay quarter, doesn't need time, doesn't want time. He's, he chucks it away all over the place. He, do, he just doesn't care. That's his game style. And it, that, so it doesn't bother him so much. But for Sitsipas, for Rude, for other players, they like that time to set up. And it, yeah, um, it's a little difficult. So it'll be interesting. Like, I don't think that he will play badly on the clay, but I, I don't think he, I agree, he doesn't have that, that sort of high confidence on the surface. And in what has been, well, it's actually been a, a busy few days. Uh, another couple of pieces of news the US Open will be allowing Russian and Belarusian players to enter so that was another piece because as we know at Wimbledon they're not going to be competing there are no points so like Matteo Berrettini said well you know I, I've got an awful lot of points to defend which I can't defend so I think he's going to drop out is he going to drop out the top 20 or something with the points that, yeah. that he's going to lose and we've seen Djokovic's slide already and he will slide even further but the news that um russia look medvedev's been playing on grass they're still out there competing on grass but they will be going to the u.s open so they know what lies ahead and monica puig the olympic champion from rio has retired she tried to come back from injury worked with her a little bit of five live really loved got so much to say so much about her but just decided that now is the time. Possibly the most extraordinary run we've ever seen in tennis until Emma yeah. Raducanu yeah. so rudely stole that title off of her last year. But, I mean, it it was just extraordinary how well she played, how it all came together. I mean, you could just see she was vibing from the very beginning. The players that she beat to win that gold medal and everybody was going, Monica Puig. And and then, well, part half the people were saying Monica Buig and the other half of the people were saying, oh, wow, look at how well she plays now. 
and it didn't turn out to be a now. <laughs> it was just then. It was just that one. Yeah. <laughs> just that yeah. one tournament. That one week. Incredible. It was un. Believable. It was. I, I remember crying when she got her medal, or when she won, and when she got her medal. It was so emotional. I mean, she turned her into an absolute superstar. Like, yeah. I mean, good for her. Um, glad that she's able to sort of call time and look back on that and and have that medal hanging front and center because oh, what it, an it, it's strange, isn't it? And I know we had this conversation a little bit on the pod a few weeks ago, and maybe it comes up again now with Serena Williams coming back. And Andy Murray a little bit, actually, I was talking with someone about when do you retire? When do you retire from the only thing you've ever known? You know, when sometimes the body literally breaks down to the point when you physically cannot train or play and then then that's it. And you've talked about your reasons for retiring, but I still think it's so, especially when these, these guys and girls have got to this stage in their career, you know, Andy Murray, so you're getting into your mid to late 30, your, ne- your Nadal's. If I was Nadal, I'd... I'd I'd be done now. I'd finish now. You know what? It's not going to get better. He's 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 not going to get a fifteenth Roland Garros. I I, I I cannot see him getting a fifteenth Roland Garros. He's played sensationally well this year, but the foot problems got to the extent where it had to be numbed, so he couldn't feel it. He was playing with one foot. How do you do that? Yeah, but what if he can? What if he can sort it out? Well, it, what it if this quite, this procedure works? Fuse nerves together. But he's already said he won't go through. Yeah, but they I can do more, these things. But, but is it look? You stop playing tennis for two reasons. Either you don't want to do it anymore or you can't do it anymore. Those are the only two reasons. That's it. So if you want to do it and your body's saying no, you might have to stop. Or you end up, you know, fighting on, battling, trying to do what you can. I mean, Nadal's just, he's picked up two. Then we've played two Grand no, Slams this year and he's won two Grand Slams. He's been playing, this, he's been playing this is amazingly, ridiculous. but, but the, the damage that's being done to his body. I mean, yeah, you can ask Andy Murray and at times you say, was it worth it? Wasn't it worth it? That run in 2016 that knocked out the hip and caused all the problems. Ultimately, maybe it was. I don't know, maybe in 10, 15 years time when, when they can't walk and they've got all these problems. Was it? I don't know, but it just, I, I think it's really hard. I can't put myself in anyone's position when they've it's all they've ever known and it's what they do every day from the moment they wake up the moment they go to sleep everything that comes with it especially at the level these guys are operating at it must be very hard however much of a life you've got outside of it you know he's got his academy and his wife and his family and everyone's got everything else you know Andy Murray's got lots of children and his wife and everything to do but I I I just think it must be so I mean going back to Monica Puig you know it's wonderful that she has that Olympic medal and obviously she's decided that she cannot compete to the level she wants to be at. But no, I just think it it, it must be really hard. I It must be a, a almost a frightening decision to make. But we're getting to a stage when a few of these guys and girls are going to do it. Yeah, and that's it because the question is now what? And, and that's quite a daunting, scary question for anyone. I mean, okay, look, if you've got the hundreds of millions that Federer has or, you know, the top, top players have that Serena has. Now what? Whatever you like. <laughs> exactly. Now what's not really a problem. But, you know, even if you've earned quite well, so you know, somebody like a Monica Puig, she's had a good career, you can't just live on that forever. you got to do some stuff. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, is, uh, yeah, it, it's difficult. It's a, it's a really hard thing for players to get their head around, really. It's the same for anyone if you're sort of changing, if you're changing careers, moving sideways, you know, all that sort of stuff. You've got halfway up one ladder and you realise, actually, I should be on a different one. And it, it's it's the same for 
for everybody. But everyone goes into this knowing that this isn't for life. We're not golfers. Well, I say that, and I think I said on the pod last week that tennis is becoming like golf with all these 40-somethings playing. Now we've got another one in the Wimbledon draw. Um, but it's not like golf where you can be playing at the very highest level into your 40s, 50s, you know, and beyond. And, you know, potentially, I mean, you know, Tiger Woods could be playing, competing in the same tournament as his son in a, <laughs> it's coming up at some point. You know, you never know that might happen. But, um, yeah, so it is a little bit difficult, different because it is so much more physical. But um, they really are defying defying everything, every expectation, all the odds, all the scientists, all of it. Um, you know, and Murray's coming in with a, a legitimate chance of, you know, I mean, uh, uh, saying second week, it's like, yeah, just with a, with a decent draw, he'll get to the second week. Like, I just don't see any way that he, he wouldn't. He's playing easily well enough. The I body, cannot believe. Unless the body doesn't play ball. And that's what it's coming back to with these older yeah. players. It's it's the body. Is it is it going to be able to withstand the rigours of best of five sets? And again, we say this, that he's he can't be getting into battles. We can't really be, afford to get into battles at all, but he can't be afford to get into battles in the first couple of rounds if he wants to be yeah, making the second week. But that's what we said about Nadal, and he was dropping sets in the first week, and he was pushed to five by Ojeda Sieb, and he went through some epics. Had to play Djokovic in the quarters. We were thinking, there's no way he can do it, and he he did. So, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's very exciting. Hey, can I just give a shout out? Yeah. To a dark horse. Very excited about his dark horse. Right. Obviously, dark horse always draw dependent. But Maxime Cressy, right. with his serve and volley game, okay. it's going to be beautiful nice. on the grass. Okay. He's done very well. He he um, has been playing recently, but this is his first time in the main draw of Wimbledon. And with the way that he plays, I think that he could take some big scalps. I mean, he just lost in the opening round of Halle. He qualified, but he lost four and a third, and he was playing Hubie Hercatch, who put on social media afterwards my passing shots were pretty good today which is exactly what you need against Cressy but I can't wait to see him play I think it's it's going to be really it's going to be really fun he could completely mess up a bunch of players and can I just say that is a fabulous dark horse because during Roland Garros Radio Roland Garros I asked the team to pick their dark horse and I was getting dark horses I was getting Kasparud as a dark horse he's the world number eight I was getting people in the top and 10. And clay court specialists. And, and so we never quite define the rules of a dark horse. Someone said, well, if they haven't won a slam before, they're a dark horse. And I think, well, if they haven't... So it, it's this dark horse thing, it's a very grey area, but I think that yours is it a perfect... Is, yeah. But yours is a perfect dark horse. I mean, that, that no one would have any problems with that being a dark horse. I was just saying that I don't think Kasparud, despite the fact he'd never made a Grand Slam final, let alone won one, could be a dark horse as the world number eight. Because as the world number eight, surely you have to be in the conversation. Yeah, but it turns out it was a bit of a dark horse because even though he did very well to reach the final, he got absolutely walloped. Can I just say my dark horse for Roland Garros was Marin Cilic. And you might say... Very good dark You horse. might say, yeah, but he used to be world number three and he's won the US Open. But on, on recent times and form... I thought that was I thought that was I fair thought enough. Very strong. Is that fair I enough? I think that is Excellent. fair, fair right. enough and very strong. Okay, so I'm going to think of a dark horse for Wimbledon. We're going to go okay. through the draws. Um, a final thing for you, and one other thing: being at Queens this week, lovely sunshine, blue skies, yeah. balls being hit, grass, spectators, pims, whatever else they're drinking, tennis. It's lovely. It's lovely. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> I like that you were just informing me. It's it nice. is lovely. It's lovely. It's one of the best tournaments of the, of the calendar. It's awesome. It's and lovely. when the sun's shining on the grass court, you just can't get any better than that. Oh, and um, I wish lovely. I was there with my pims and and uh, and chilling out with you. Uh, well, well no, I, I was going to say, I haven't had, I haven't had a pims. <laughs> Come on, hang on a second. One of my many bosses might be listening. Uh, no pims has been consumed in the making of this. Um, but no, it's just lovely to be back. And the final thing before we leave everyone is I have an inflatable lightsaber for baby Rog if you're interested wow yeah okay interested. why have you got that um, kids party getting to the Star Wars age one mum bought 60 for a party of 15 so in the party oh. bag big thick big things are party bags right I think there's more pressure not really on the party or the food or the present you give it's the party bag that's handed out at the end everyone's waiting for it there's a lot of pressure on a party bag uh, this one was great. It had like a Star Wars T-shirt in it. Very good. Some other bits nice. and pieces. And sort of like four inflatable lightsabers, which... Wow. We, when they're wielded by a six slash nearly seven-year-old, they, they, they can be slightly, yeah. But they're great. You can have little sort of battles with your plastic lightsabers. So... Yeah, it's all about buying in bulk. Well, apparently so. So if, if you want one for baby Roger, I don't know if he's at the lightsaber wielding age yet. But if you, I know you're big on like hand-eye coordination, rackets, games, yeah. and things. If you'd like one, I could send it your uh, way. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. Inflate it, and I'll I'll give you a choice of colours. You let me know, and I'll to Wimbledon. I'm not sure if it get past security when I come into Wimbledon if it's inflated. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> They're quite strict, aren't they? What's um, this? This is my lightsaber. I've just bought it for name. It's my lightsaber for her child. Excellent. Okay, I will deflate it. I'll hide it in my bag, and I'll bring it to Wimbledon. Perfect. Thanks. Bye. Bye.